Joe, Josh, and Adam coming to you live from wherever. This is the Little Green Men Show. Whatever. Um, you know, Joe, I feel like is we have pretty similar hair colors, but how much darker your beard is than mine is is upsetting. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it's just three times as thick or what it is, but... Yeah, you know, it, yeah. it's like... I mean, I've always grown a pretty good beard. I Actually, when I was like a senior in high school, dude, I remember one... Because I never carried like a backpack or anything like that. Uh, you know, people were lucky if I carried a book. That's kind of a piece of shit in high school, but... Uh, I like I started growing my beard you know when I was like 17 and uh pretty good I remember one time I was walking through the halls and a student stopped me and was like asking me like like something faculty related and uh I was like (laughs) like, I don't know the answer or I you know I don't know what you're talking about and they were like oh you're not a teacher and I was like no I'm not a fucking teacher but then it's funny too because like you fast forward a couple of years and most of my twenties people were like, Oh dude, there's no way that you're eighteen. I need to see your ID. And I'm like, What is going on here? I can't figure it out. Now I look like I'm fucking fifty. I don't know. But your picture on the on the website, you look like a very, very handsome young man. <laughs> I like to think that I still look like that. Thanks a lot, Josh. It's <laughs> gotta look at the top of your head. <laughs> yeah. Change that real quick. Damn. Hold up, man. I uh this is not a paid advertisement by Keeps, but I have this Ooh. in my drawer. Cause I'm like, one of these days I'm gonna start using this shit. <laughs> and then I, I don't start using it. But I have it for one. Day. Did you buy that for yourself or was it a gift? No, I I definitely bought it for myself, dude. I was in denial for uh probably two years. Yeah. my buddies would joke from time to time they'd be like oh yeah joe's balding and i'm like nah, what are you talking about i'm not balding and then one day man i was i was jumping out of the shower and i was combing my hair and i'm like looking down and i was like oh fuck like i'm actually balding yeah and that wasn't even that long ago it's probably like a year ago when i, uh... I honestly can't wait till that point why like, i'm just tired of it you just gonna go shaved head <laughs> oh yeah once i lose enough like Never go for I guess it's pretty thick. But. Joe, you had pretty short hair not too long ago. Were you were you worried at all about it all coming back properly? <laughs> I mean, I I get a haircut like once a month. Um, actually, like I you know like our first episode that we recorded, I was like, damn, you know, like all right, got the the stubble coming in with the the short hair. I was looking young again, but here mm-hmm. I am. I think the beard definitely adds several years to my uh, to my persona here. Do you have a skincare routine? Fuck no. Do I look like somebody who has a skincare routine? Yes. Shut up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I fucking yeah. don't. Shut up. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, no, I wouldn't have asked no. if I didn't assume you did. <laughs> there is no uh, no skincare routine for Joe. Meanwhile, if you look into his bathroom, there's like 40 bottles of like face conditioner. <laughs> that, that actually is true. Charcoal bathroom, but they're not on my side of the vanity. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah, I, I tried about to that. Some face stuff for uh, most husband and wife vanities are pretty much basically just entirely the wives. 
My wife has like a shoebox stack of a pullout full of cosmetics, whatever. On her side, it's running out of space. She even like called me and she's like, I think I need to find a better way to organize this. Meanwhile, you look at my side, it's toothpaste and deodorant. (laughs) (laughs) This is nothing else. Nice. All right. Um, There's probably several things over the last several days where I was like, man, I want to talk about that with, uh, with Josh and Adam. The there was one earlier today though. I don't have you guys seen any of the shit coming out of China about like the the drones going around and and there there's like a couple hundred million people in lockdown again. Oh no! Ed, educate me, lockdown. sir. I haven't yeah. heard of drones. Yeah, so the drones. Uh, I'm trying to remember the translation that I saw earlier today, but it was like, um, it was something along the lines of like don't give in to your soul's desire for freedom. Like that was the, the Chinese to English translation. I was like, that's, that's pretty sketchy right there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> pretty fucking sketchy verbiage. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a weird message to be sending. Yeah. It's totally, totally different world, man. So different. That would make me want the freedom more. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. like, goddamn, I, I need to be free. <laughs> yeah, when you can't have something Americans. you want more. They, uh, I, I don't know, but I, I, I guess, like, if you're brainwashed to a certain extent, then maybe it just becomes the norm, you know? Well, I'm sure that there is well. a percentage of people that just are like, whatever, I'm a robot, and they hear that, and they're like, yeah, fuck my soul, and it's desire for freedom. I'm just going <laughs> to drone along and... One day I'm gonna wake up and try to jump off this fucking factory building, building and fall into a net, and it's gonna fail, and I'm gonna go back to being a robot again. <laughs> what was the what was the thing with the drone specifically? Were they like playing that audio, saying that? Or yeah, like speakers, like uh, like loudspeakers on the drones, just going around, fucking telling people oh. not to want to be free. It's pretty weird shit, but they're like taking. That's um, wild. You know they're. I guess a lot of people are starving right now, but they're, they're like taking people, you know, obviously they're quarantining people, but they'll take like whole city blocks, whole cities and like quarantine them and people who test positive or close contact for testing positive, they'll put them in camps, you know, of course. Um, but there's a lot of people starving and like even animals that, that were in contact with people, like they're like killing them or killing people's animals. Whole nother world. I mean, it's a cold. It's cold oh. and flu season stuff at this point. Well, flu season's yeah. over, isn't it? Mm, it's still out there. It's always out there. I'm no longer getting hate mail about the flu, so... <laughs> I, I never, I never got you. my shot. I thought for sure. I thought for sure that wow. somebody was going to be like, throw the fucking book at this guy, drop a hammer. <laughs> And they didn't. Adam, I didn't tell you. So, because you were not on the uh, the crypto expiration, but so I got my COVID vaccination, right? Mm-hmm. And as somebody who had COVID at least once, where I tested positive, and to, I had it pretty fairly bad, I would think. Uh, looking at the other people in my household, I had ten times worse of a night 
the day that I got the actual vaccination than any night I had a COVID. Yeah. I was sweating and I probably had a fever in the 103 range. I'd wake right. up sweating, then, then I'd be shivering to death underneath the covers all Dude. night, waking up every 30 minutes. Mm. When I got my first shot, I got it on my left side. And I went home, and when I started feeling sick, like my left side was achy, just hurt. My left side had 103 point something temperature. My right side was like 99, no aches, nothing on the right side. It was just miserable. Like my body was felt like it was tearing itself in half. Uh, it's no bueno. Do you feel like? Do you feel like you normally have like any reaction to any other vaccine you've ever taken your entire life? No. Yeah, me either. Definitely <laughs> not like that. Yeah, it, it was miserable, but it was like twenty four hours, and then I was fine the next day. Yeah, I remember waking up at it was either two or five in the morning. And that was about the last time that I like woke up and I felt felt terrible. Like I slept for like two more hours past whichever time it was. But I pretty much felt okay the rest of the time. Yeah. But that was a miserable night. But there's certain finding people is it's causing your blood to thicken, like into like the stroke range. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> the entire time, like my family and probably the close people I worked with were just like, yeah, just go get it. And I was like, oh, no, I'm I'm kind of apprehensive. I I don't I've had covid. I probably st- I'm sure I still have antibodies. And I was just kind of against it for a long while. And they kept fighting me. And I was like, no, I don't need it at this point. And I'm not a doctor or anything. So, I mean, like I could have been completely wrong. Sure. But when I got it, <laughs> I was I was I was so pissed that I was getting it. I said. I mean, like, what would, like, a tiny little, like, very mild stroke do as a side effect? Just so I could tell everybody I was right. Like, I, sh- <laughs> I didn't need it. I shouldn't have got it. Like, <laughs> As you're dying, like, this is all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want to be right. Ah, oh, I'm so terrible. <laughs> Dude, I don't know if I ever told you the guys this, but, uh, so, you know, we went into the lockdowns, like, in March of 2020. And before that, um, you know, they, they've since found out, like in hindsight, that the COVID cases were actually hitting the United States like months before we even knew about it. Right. They're saying like as early as October of 19 is uh, is when COVID was starting to hit the United States. And, uh, dude, I had this sickness in December of 2019 going, uh. to, you know, right before the start of 2020. And I was so sick that I actually thought that I was going to die. Like, it was probably, like, 24 to 48 hours of, like, what you were talking about with, like, the sweats and stuff, man. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking burn this thing out of my body. And I literally, I went, I crawled underneath my covers to the point where, like, just my mouth was hanging out of the blanket, you know? And uh, I just roasted under my blanket for, like, didn't leave my bed for probably 20 hours, man. Like, not even joking. But then after after that, like, I, it was gone. And that was it. But then I, you know, of course, got COVID again uh, uh, last year, like summer or fall or whatever it was when I got it right before uh, I saw you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, but I'm pretty sure we've had it twice in this house, like the original strain. And then the. Uh, oh, and what led to that was uh, 
this is where it fucked me up is because my son, um, my oldest, he was like one night we went out to go get some dinner and like he was complaining about not being able to breathe and stuff. This was before we even knew about COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, that's, you know, that's a weird thing to complain about, you know? And so the next day, dude, like he was vomiting and uh, he was saying that he couldn't breathe. So I took him to the hospital and they were like, yeah, we don't really know what's wrong with them. But, you know, here, take these antibiotics or whatever and we'll catch you guys later. And of course, he ended up being fine. Um, but then, you know, was got, it in the news at all at that point? Like, no, this was like right news, in the start China, of, anything. Yeah, it was like, I don't know, like. I'm trying to look back to that point, and I, I think that at that time they were like, yeah, I don't know. There's like in the news, like people were talking about like you know some illness that was going around, some bug that was making people really sick, but nobody like attributed it to that because we didn't know it existed yet. It was I don't think it was until like January or February that uh, we actually knew that it existed, and then because I mean it was only a couple weeks later when they were like, all right, we gotta shut this shit down. Did uh, I ever tell you guys about? Uh... The, mil- the military's first protocol for COVID? No. So uh, I was in the Middle East whenever COVID like first started. And I came back and I think you guys have probably been to North Fort Hood sometime in your lives. There's uh, all those old buildings that have fences around them on North Fort Hood. Yeah, they were for Ebola patients coming back. Yes, they Africa. were. Yeah, so not- they full... They full on put us in those Ebola barracks, fenced us off, locked us in so that we couldn't have any contact with the outside world. They gave, had a mandatory two or three week quarantine after you'd been gone for nine, ten months. And it was whatever the big Cav regiment is there. They were in charge of it, our cohort. And they'd, it was almost like you're in prison, like you'd get sanctioned yard time wow yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's nutty they'd make like a makeshift like px like you'd have to like write they'd pass this sheet around write down what you want you have to put your money in and then like Uh somebody drop it off at the gate that's (laughs) ridiculous man i mean easiest money i ever made but (laughs) it just stuck there nobody knew what to do everybody was still in like the highest of alert Meanwhile, like all of us had just, you know, been gone from America the entire time, huh. and we're just trying to go home see our families and kid, like kids and wives, and we're stuck there staring at chain link fence. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam, I know we we did, but and I think you guys did too. But did you guys stay in those uh, those Ebola barracks at at Bragg? Yeah, it was like a year or two after that whole Ebola scare. Dude, those things were terrible. Oh, yeah. They were condemned, too. They were like, yeah, we're going to tear this shit down. They were Ebola barracks, and then they were like, no, man, guess what? Pulled the signs off. They're like, no, you can stay here. It's cool. Yeah. Like, the floors were caving in. They're infested (laughs) with bugs and shit. Yeah. They also had the the chain link going all the way around them, Josh. Yeah. Oh, I I forgot to mention, there um, there was one group that was stuck with us. That was it was like a National Guard or like an Army Reserve unit that was on AT in Germany. And they came back at like when they would have normally came back, but the army was making them quarantine. So I mean, like all these people have like jobs to go back to and they have to try to call and explain, like, hey boss, 
Um, hopefully you don't care, but I'm I'm now stuck within this <laughs> confined facility for two, three weeks. I ain't never coming back. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad uh, we didn't have to endure that. That would suck. Uh, I think we bad. should. I think now that we're you know actually live, we should revisit the whole China thing. Yeah. So, uh, just to kind of backtrack to to where we started, the uh, the drones in China, they're they're flying around and they're like, hey, uh, you know, again, I forget the exact verbiage, but it's like, um, you know, don't don't listen to your soul's desire for freedom or something like that. Like it's, it's pretty to us, like we hear it or we see that translation and and we can see, you know, like the footage of the drones going around with loudspeakers in China. And they're saying, you know, like, uh, don't give into your soul's desire for freedom. And we're like, what in the fuck? That is creepy as shit, man. Like that is some serious, like Orwellian future fucking, um, world. We don't want to live in. Um, but I, I do like, I'm sure for like a Chinese American, they're they're probably like, yeah, that's crazy as fuck, and I'm so glad that I don't live there. Um, but like, I wonder what it's like to like the average Chinese person that that lives in China, you know, like Shanghai, where there's, or in in China in general, you know, there's like 200 million. I think it's 189 million people in lockdown right now, which is just an absurd number. Um, but I, I I often wonder like what their thoughts are on that, you know? Isn't kind of off topic but isn't shanghai the one that the british just gave back to him a few years ago no that's hong kong hong kong yeah oh yeah i'm curious to, i'm curious of what like their television news looks like if it's how similar it is to ours or like what they see on social media as far as like news and everything coming out i wonder how different it is mm. if it's i'm sure it's like i'm sure it's not like a north korea level but, you know, let's be honest, though, man, the programming that happens here is probably the same as it happens there. You know, you give people yeah. the illusion of choice <laughs> <laughs> and but then I'm feed them the, all the in a certain direction. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure that they do the same thing. They're like, hey, listen, Democratic People's Republic of China. Uh, hold on. Who's the. It's the. Hold on, who's the... No, 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 that's that's North Korea. <laughs> uh, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. So China, the Chinese Communist Party, um, they say that they're democratically elected. And I'm sure that some of their people think that they're democratically elected. But, like, let's be real, they're not really democratically elected. Much like Putin, who's been in power since 1999. Mm. Have you ever thought about the the how much alike socialism is and you know a normal active duty life for a service member is depending on your job you still get paid the same you work your way up you get housing you get food somebody's yeah. bringing up these similarities to me the other day and i was like okay i, I kind of see what you're where you're going with that yeah you know where else i see some of the other uh likeness is in the the bureaucracy of it the um complexes that people in superior leadership positions develop you know 
um particularly people of a certain breed you know like i went to west point and uh so i'm kind of the fucking shit and you gotta do whatever the fuck i tell you even though i don't know a goddamn thing about what i'm talking about <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah I, I see that you know yeah you get people in uh communist parties or you know the um socialist parties that are like i am basically god because i have all this power it's definitely a decent argument though i mean yeah. i couldn't think of anything as similar i guess the biggest difference being that like they pay me and then I can go buy whatever the fuck I want. I don't have to go stand in a red line, you know? <laughs> yeah. So there is uh there is some divergence there. You know, I, I could go sure. get a fucking fifteen percent APR on a uh Camaro if I want to. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> brother. Uh Lord knows that happens a lot. I was thinking about you today, Adam. How does uh, food work in a fire station? Do you have like one specific guy that's the food guy, the chef? Mm, no. Like, one thing, like, uh, we've told people in a lot of academies, especially like brand new people, like, you need to be prepared. Like, you need to have like five recipes that you know how to cook. <laughs> <laughs> You, there's got to be something in your family that you're like, that's your specialty. And like, Otherwise, you're you're hired. But also, yeah, and each shift, we've, like, each shift has one guy that's been a professional chef at some point in their career. Really? So, yeah. We have one of the guys, not on our shift, but he was like Warren Buffett's executive chef for a while. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm going to be a firefighter. And his wife was like, cool, I'm divorcing you because it sounds like the money sucks. <laughs> Rough. And then another guy, Jesus. he made seasonings for like restaurants. So like bulk seasoning for like famous Dave's and stuff like that. Like that was his chef job. So. Huh, that's smart. If you work with those guys, you don't really have to cook. But outside of that, everybody kind of has their own specialty. What do you cook? Breakfast. Breakfast guy? I'm nice. I'm breakfast guy. I spent enough time in omelet lines overseas <laughs> that I had like, shit to a science. <laughs> yeah. I used to see the guys that fuck them up and it'd be like they'd be like, no pam can't use any pam <laughs> I'm yeah. like all right i'm watching i'm watching this one see how they <laughs> figure this out yeah uh you know i know you guys like to give me shit because i had a pretty good uh pretty good round in jordan but the first <laughs> few months that i was there we didn't have a cook at all oh and, god um, you know we, we had oh, a no. um this is before i moved into the into the big house and uh um, so out on our little fucking compound out in the boonies, like we had to grocery shop for ourselves and cook for ourselves, you know? And, uh, I mean, there's probably like at any given time, like six to eight of us on our compound. And, uh, so we'd go grocery shopping and, uh, all the guys, you know, would like chip in their 150 bucks or whatever. 
and uh we'd all go grocery shopping together and pick out like you know one guy if he wanted to make spaghetti that week then we'd pick up spaghetti but like we took turns like today was my day to cook tomorrow's your day to cook and uh, we had like a schedule and everything and it was the same thing like everybody kind of had like their thing that they made and like you knew that if it was you know fucking rusty's day to cook that he was probably going to cook xyz but i i would usually cook uh we like the as on our on days we wouldn't cook like breakfast or lunch like you were kind of on your own for that cereal or whatever um but more often than not i would end up cooking breakfast burritos for myself and rusty and maybe a couple of the other guys i failed to know how to like i don't have any recipes or anything i feel like i can grill pretty well and smoke foods there you but go like outside of like the meat department dude i have no fucking clue what i'm doing dude like, i can do <laughs> And I can do breakfast stuff. I'm pretty good at like old world recipes, like where it's like a pinch of this, a dash of that. Like just kind of yeah. figuring it out. Dude, we had this fucking CB. I'll show you guys some pictures later. Uh, Mike was his name. And Mike, he was an awesome dude. We watched like all of the Vikings. Um, well, up and up until that point, we had watched all of the Viking seasons together and like basically every show you could think of. But um this motherfucker could cook dude and his thing that he liked to cook was brisket so like we'd go out and and get like a big ass brisket and he would smoke it for like 16 hours and we would just fucking mow down on this so good in fact hell yeah that uh the the cg had come into country and uh you know the powers that be were like hey mike uh it's ramadan and nothing is open so we need you to to put together a meal for the cg so this dude like that's what he did is he 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 cooked like a full fucking meal for the CG, his staff and all of us. Like it was like two briskets, all the rolls you can think of. Like there was turkey, fucking stuffing. Like we, I bought a couple cakes. Like it was it was it was a blast. But that dude, like whenever he cooked, you knew it was going to be good. Was he smoking it? Did he have a smoker? Did he build yeah, we had a out of something cool? Yeah, no, we, we had a legitimate smoker. That was the nice thing about being the money guy as, uh, you know. If we wanted a smoker, we had a smoker. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Our lives in Jordan were so fucking different. <laughs> so different, man. Yeah. In Kuwait used a in Kuwait, that's the worst place. <laughs> On my second tour, like they went out and bought some like steel trash cans and like jerry rigged these smokers with the sand and the coal underneath the sand and all this stuff. Oh, that's that's tight. It was it was good. Yeah. It was awkward. The la- it was good. The, yeah, the last time I was going through Kuwait, I think they upgraded smokers a little bit because they had like, a, I think it was at least like 55 gallon drums or maybe really <laughs> old uh, giant propane uh-huh. tanks or something. But um, there a couple of big setups out there. I'm, I'm sure that I for sure told Adam this. Maybe I've told you this, Josh, but my favorite food in the Middle East, and I didn't even know that this shit existed until like halfway through Iraq. On the last one. And uh, Haidar, you know, who, who we are very fond of in this part of the world. He, uh, I, I think it was, Ram- no, it wasn't Ramadan. I don't remember what the deal was. There was something going on and a bunch of shit was closed and I didn't have like access to good food. Um, you know, and I'm kind of bougie when it comes to good food. And uh, so I was like, hey, I, you know, I got some people coming in. Can you, can you get some food for me from out in Baghdad? And um this dude came through in righteous fashion. He he ended up uh, so 
like one of the traditional Iraqi meals is they dig that big hole in the ground, you know, and then they make the coals and then they put the sheep down in there. Like they, you know, they slaughter the sheep and then put it down inside the hole and cook it in there. So it's like a slow cooker kind of smoker mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, uh, the place that he, that he got the, the sheep from, it was, uh, they would slaughter the sheep that morning. So, I mean, this was like as fresh of meat as you could possibly get. And then they would cook it uh, throughout the day and then, you know, they would sell it and whatever they didn't sell, then they threw out at the end of the day or gave it to dogs, whatever. And, uh, that shit was like, that was, I, it makes my mouth water just thinking about it right now. It was so goddamn good. But after the first time I was like, dude, like I need this like once a week. (laughs) And he just started bringing me that shit. But yeah, those like in ground cookers are fucking dope. Yeah, I think it pretty much like turns it almost to like a convection oven style, like when the temperature stays consistent throughout. Yep. I just had a conversation with my brother earlier today about that, like lamb and sheep. Like you need to like slow cook that for a long time and keep it moist. Because lamb mm. or sheep is easy to fuck up and it becomes like not gamey, but it's like just like chewy and it's not as good. But like if you can get that like fall off the bone kind of lamb, that shit is so good. Yeah. And that's what like here in the States it's hard to find meat like that but like you go over to europe or asia and like that's probably more common than beef mm-hmm. i got to try and find a picture for you guys real quick you keep talking but well i had we talking a, about now <laughs> i had a full weekend even plus so i mean thursday to sunday and i just watched the masters the entire time pretty much uninterrupted like i'm talking like start to end every day and i loved it wow nobody bothered me i just drink i just drink beers hung out how do you do that like i can't i can't just sit there oh that's a sick putt i mean (laughs) are you talking about like how can you have time with like kids to just hang out or how can you watch golf how can you watch golf oh you must start golf. Uh, I'm terrible at it. And so people are should like, understand. Oh, I'm, with. I'm like, no, you don't get it. I'm terrible. And then they're like, yeah, you're right. Just sit in the golf cart. You're done. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you, could be, you could be the golf cart driver. Don't even get out. Just stay in there. Yeah. <laughs> don't That's move. Rough. I'm, I'm fairly all right. I'm, I'm pretty decent. But... But whenever like I watch those guys, I know because I know how much difficulty is in the sport, and I think it's probably the hardest skill-based sport there is. Really, like I think that's why I enjoy it so much because I understand how difficult what they're doing is. It's pretty tough. I played a lot but, of frisbee golf the last few weeks. By the way, speaking of that, it's uh, super you're telling random. me that. Yeah, uh, I want to. I want to learn about frisbee golf. But, just uh, like golf. My, my, my favorite part of the Masters, though, so the guy that won at Scotty Scheffer, Schefter, was like obliterating everybody every week, all the whole weekend. He was up four or five strokes going into the final day, and I think he was up five strokes. He's on the very last hole, and all he has to do is putt, and he'd say like a four footer. He misses his four footer. Like the the broadcasters built up the anticipation. He's like. And this, to win the Masters, to put on the green jacket, and misses the four-footer, and they're oh, okay. So, 
He's got like a two footer at this point, a gimme, <laughs> and he misses. He misses his two two footer. <laughs> like dude's these dudes up a lot, but he's running out of strokes. He's putting like this humanization portion onto it, where like it's even more relatable. Like that's how you imagine yourself at the end of a tournament, like having a hard time trying to breathe, trying to put it together just to end it. So he's got like this two footer, misses it, starts laughing. Like the whole world's looking at him. Gets down again, couple foot putt, misses it three times. Dude. To finish out the Masters, the dude four putted. Like it was my favorite part because it made him seem like a human. He'd been robotic the entire time, just not making a mistake. Final hole, four putts. I guess, though, like, you know, when you're at that point in the Masters and you're like, this is it, like, I have to, like, I mean, I don't I don't care how good you are. You're going to be, like, shaking at that point. So, oh, yeah, I, it kind of just makes you feel bad for the guy. Uh, did he end up and, winning? I, I, didn't, I didn't watch Masters. Yeah, he still ended up winning. I think he was up he was up five strokes or so going into the 18th hole. So, I mean, he had a little, he would have had to have the most catastrophic last hole of a Masters ever to not win. <laughs> but <laughs> if it was close, he would have been screwed. The guy's been yeah. incredible, though. I think he's won three out of his last four tournaments. Interesting. Which is unheard of. I think that was his first major, though. Good for him. Nifty. What were you going to show me, Adam? Oh, I was just going to show you this. We went out to this restaurant one time, and everyone was like, oh, I'll get the burger. And I was like, I'm getting the fucking rack of lamb. And it was the most delicious lamb I had ever had. And I, I went complete basic white girl on it, and I was like, I'm taking a picture of this shit. But I can't find the picture now, so kind of a a loss but it was like (laughs) the best food i had ever eaten hey adam did you did you listen to the uh the crypto episode i did not why not i need you to go back and listen to it so that you can be like oh okay i understand crypto or you can be like that was fucking retarded joe and now i understand less than i did before (laughs) okay one of those two things needs to happen when did you guys do that uh, last week, Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday last week, like after you went home. Oh, okay. Ah, Mr. Fisher, Thursday tentatively we're planning on having on MMA professional fighter Zach Busia. If you want to get in on a LGM exploration, okay. Just uh. I just like I want to get into the psychology of like fighting. Yeah, you know I've been in. I, I shouldn't even admit this, but I've been in a few fisticos in my day, but they were not sanctioned. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, like, what what it what it what it's like from the like the professional, um, like getting your ass beat or beating somebody's ass, like what's going through your mind, you know? I was thinking like earlier today. I was just. I think your job is probably cooler than mine, but we both have office jobs that are kind of uh, kind of lame. And Adam doesn't have an office job. Okay, <laughs> Joe and I expecting us to interview <laughs> Mr. Busia. I was like, wow, his job is just way cooler, more badass than anything I do on a daily <laughs> ever. Yeah, good point. Well, if you guys wanted an MMA, MMA fighter, we 
Like we have one here. He used to. He doesn't do it now that he has a kid and stuff. But he had a few like pay per view fights and stuff what? like that. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll discuss this <laughs> offline. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Well, that's uh, that's good to know. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe we do a couple of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, you know, like the just the perspective in general is nice. You know, um, maybe they're around the same weight get, class, like, and we can uh, we can promote a fight with them yeah, there you fighting go. each other. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what? Speaking of that, what we need to do? I was thinking about this earlier today when I had mentioned swinging by the to to see Adam. Um, we need to to like schedule one of these where Adam and I can can dial in from his station so that like we can actually like podcast while he's trying out vr for the first time yeah i was hoping you, you were going to come back with a story about how you, you went over there today no well i had thought about that and i was like i need to bring this up to them because that's what that's what that's what we should do so next time adam that you're at the station um we're gonna do that oh okay. today would have been perfect i didn't have a single call until like five o'clock well, see, that's the other thing, man. I was like, okay, you know, there's going to be like tornadoes and shit coming through. Adam's probably going to be super busy, but that didn't happen. So Dude, as soon as they announced the tornado warning, the news is like, oh, it's expired. It moved away what? too fast. Yeah. Did it, Do we know if any tornadoes uh, touched down? Uh, it sounds like maybe one in Iowa. Man, they're just always getting fucked. Shit always goes over us. And then it's like, you know what? Fuck you, Iowa. <laughs> Dude, it gets to, like, Bellevue and the off-it weather machine, and, like, storms are, like, whoop, around Omaha, and come back together in Iowa and fuck Iowa. Huh. You know, I, bad corn I never really thought about that until you just said that, but I do notice that quite a bit on the radar, actually. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. For whatever reason, where Omaha and Lincoln are, like, located... Like storms and bad weather, like it always splits, goes around, and then comes back together on the other side. I so um, a couple months ago, I think you guys got hit by it too, Josh. But there was that like freak wall of like eighty mile an hour winds that came through. It blasted through in the, in, in a matter of like five to ten minutes, and then it was over. But it was like yeah. just sh- fucking crazy wind with like hail and shit like that. Um, so when that hit us, were you at work that day, Adam? Mm-hmm. Um, at least where I live, which is not too terribly far from off it, uh, that thing came through and my brother who works like two miles away from me, two miles west of me, uh, no, it's probably, he probably works like four miles west of me. It doesn't matter though. I was talking to him on the phone as it's hitting and uh, I'm like, yeah, you know, that's weird. Like everybody was saying how dark it was and stuff. I can like damn near still see daylight. And, uh. He's like, dude, it's pitch black here. Like, I can't even see outside of the window. It's so dark. And just that, like, couple mile difference. Like, it, I felt like it was super tame. But, like, everybody else, my siblings are like, it was fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, depending on where you're at, where, where I am, like, my station, it was really nothing. It got windy. That was it. But then, like, downtown, there's trees down and air conditioners being blown off of commercial buildings and stuff. And Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't live and, that far from where you work, man. And it was, like, this huge buildup all day. Like, oh, it's going to be so bad. 
Like we were sitting it was on, bad for some people though. Yeah, we were sitting on like another call and like dispatch kept giving like oh uh like a thirty minute warning, fifteen minute warning, ten minute warning. Like, oh shit, this is gonna be really bad. And then we were like cooking dinner, we're like, that's it? Okay. That's cool. As as firefighters, like, do you have a position in where you're like supposed to kind of help track tornadoes or do any of that yeah. kind of stuff? Nope. Just kind of hang out and watch it out the door. <laughs> we still <laughs> need to earmark porch. one of these uh, and just like, like an exploration where um, Adam just tells us about firefighting. Oh, I'm, dude. I'm probably going to bring this up every time we we uh, we do an episode, but we just Adam just needs like from start to finish what it's like to be a firefighter. And then at the end, I'll play the um, the hero song. <laughs> How many times do you think you guys have watched Backdraft at the station? Ooh, never at the station. <laughs> is that taboo? Yeah, is that taboo? Like, <laughs> we, we, we don't watch Backdraft at the station. We got hoodwinked into watching Backdraft 2, and that was the worst mistake ever. <laughs> A terrible movie and B like just tearing it apart the whole time. Like what what is what is he doing? What why would you do that? Is it like Sharknado terrible? Like that kind of terrible? Yeah, it was like a made for TV terrible oh, rough. Movie. But I'll be honest, growing up, like as a kid, that was my favorite movie of all time. Huh. I love Kurt Russell. It, He's that has something to do with you being a firefighter today, then? I don't know. Has to, right? Honestly, the way... So I was in college to do, like, criminal justice. I was like, I'm going to be a cop like my dad. And then I forgot what class it was that I had to take. And essentially, the professor was like, oh, you're going to be gone for a month in the summer? You're not going to pass this class. And it's like, it was one of the last classes I would have needed, whatever. I was like, okay, whatever, this is stupid. And I was like, oh, they have fire science. I'm going to do that instead. So I completely like just switched gears purely because they were going to fail me for you know, being gone. Hmm. We'll talk about that more with uh, the Adam Fisher firefighter exploration. Yeah, I'll stop digging. <laughs> I'm genuine. <laughs> I'm genuinely intrigued. I want to know. Yeah. Hey, look Adam. Mustache, one of the things that... I wouldn't look good on a cop. Mm, it probably huh? would, but like a like a chimo cop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that they exist. Oh yeah. Bastards. Is there ever like uh like you you ever want to get into fist fights with like other law enforcement? You're like fuck you, like we're the heroes, you guys are the bad guys. Yeah. And it's not usually that. They're just getting <laughs> eggs. Like there's a few. Most of them are really cool. And you can joke face around. It <laughs> but then there's a few where you're like, You're such a piece of shit. How are you a cop? Like why are you Topeka has a firefighter on pd boxing match every year whoa yep. that's awesome 
Dude, down in Dallas, man, this was like we should not have been there. Okay, this was like I don't even know who put it together. I don't know if it was like the uh, um like public affairs office or who who it was somebody somebody was like, hey, there's this event going on in Dallas. It's a it's like a grudge fight or like a hate fight. Um, and it was a big event. And they were like, hey, we set up we we bought a booth, though, and we want you guys to um, to go hang out at this this booth for recruiting, you know. And uh, so we went to this to this fucking event. It was me and my platoon sergeant, another E6. And uh, it the one of the fights was like um, it was like a drug dealer against a pastor. And so we're we're there and there was like midget fights and shit like that. And uh, my platoon sergeant was like, there is absolutely no fucking reason that we should be like, uh, like endorsing this event as the army. And uh, so he was he was like actually really pissed about it. But I was like, this is fucking crazy. Like, I can't believe that I'm getting paid to come get like watch a pastor and a drug dealer duke it out like midgets throwing each other off of the ring and shit. It was pretty wild, man. It's pretty fucking wild. I don't even know if it was legit. Like if that was an actual pastor or something, maybe it was, but like, yeah, it was like it were they were grudge fights. But that's that's what I think of when I think of the firefighter and the 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 cop thing. I'm sure for the most part it's like, yeah, you know, we're all in it together, like we love each other, but like secretly you're all are like fuck that guy. And the cops are like, man, those firefighters sure are cool. I wish I could. Do you do remember that. if you got any recruits from that? Dude, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I doubt it, honestly. <laughs> but I mean, you know, what's that like, life like? Like going to high schools and like being a figure for the society. I mean, it's kind of a weird dynamic. Yeah, it's a pretty weird dynamic, but it was even more weird for me because when I did it, I was the the youngest and lowest ranking person in in my battalion. And uh, so I was 21 years old recruiting kids that were 18. Like, that's not a very big gap. Or older than you, right? I'm sure you probably had people older than you. Yeah, man, I was tw- when I was 21, I put a dude in the army. So at the time. Um, you know, because this was like the peak of uh, the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. Um, so they needed bodies and they had raised the age to 41. So you, you could enlist all the way up till till you're four. You had to you had to complete basic training or ship out to basic training before your 42nd birthday, because in the army you can't or in the military in general, you can't stand past 62 unless you're a warrant officer. Um, so you could be in all the way up until up until 42, which is still the same in the guard. Um, you can enlist all the way up to 42. And uh, so there was a dude, his son had joined the Air Force and his son had already made it to like E3 or E4. And uh, he was 41 years old. He was a truck driver. He was probably he. He was one of my favorite recruits. Dude was super cool, uh, but he was a truck driver. And uh, so I found I don't know if they still do it, but there was this program called ACAST. It was the Army Civilian Acquired Skills Program. And like if you had a certain skill, then you could join the Army as an E4 without a college degree. So like if you were a cop. Then, like you could, you know, for X amount of years or whatever, it had to be evaluated. Um, then you could come into the army as an MP, as an E4, without a college degree, or like a firefighter, you know, shit would, like that. Would you go to AIT? Yeah, you still have to go to AIT. Yeah. Um, but uh, regardless, he uh, so his son was already like an E3 or E4, and like I mean, he he was a truck driver, uh, he was an owner operator, and he was like, 
I just, I don't want this to be my life, you know? And uh, so he's 41 years old, man. I fucking put him in the army. And uh, he scored a 98 on the ASVAB. So he's probably the fourth or fifth highest scoring person I had take it. Uh, for people who don't know, the, the ASVAB is scored out of a one through 99. The highest you can get is a 99 because it puts you in the top first percentile. Um, so he scored in the top two percentile of the general population of the United States, not the military. That's where people also get confused on that. Um, so he scored in the top 2% of the general population of the United States as a truck driver with no f- formal higher education. And uh, when I put him in at 41 years old, like our out of our like delayed entry pool, dude was running circles around everybody. He, I mean, he, at 41 years old, he came in uh, scoring a 300 on the ACF or APFT. Yeah, he was a stud, man. That is he was super wild. Cool. Yeah. But he's 41. And I was talking to him afterwards. I, I you know, I whenever people ask me about recruiting, which I fucking hate talking about recruiting. Um, recruiting is the devil. But um, when I do get sucked into conversation about it, um, I often tell the story about him because he was one of my like feel good stories, not because of what I just told you, but um you know, you, you always get those people who are like, my recruiter fucking lied to me. Fuck that guy, blah, 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 blah. And, and like what I found is nine times out of 10 that the recruiter didn't actually lie. Like they were like, hey, here's here's what's available to you. Um, what you do with that is kind of up to you. Right. So like, you know, I could go, I could sit down with Josh Lutz and I could say, hey, Josh. Um, you're working at Jimmy John's right now and you're 25 years old. Uh, it is is this what you're going to do with the rest of your life? And you might be lying to yourself and telling, telling yourself that like, yeah, eventually I'm going to go to college and, you know, get my degree and go be a lawyer or something. Um, <clears throat> but uh, anyway, so, you know, I could sit down with you and I could say, Hey, you could join the army, get your college paid for, which is true. And if you get your college paid for and you get your four year degree, then, you know, you could either walk away from the army or you could commission as an officer. They say, wow, that sounds really cool, Sergeant Carpenter. I want to do that. And so you do that, and then you get done with basic training in AIT, and you get back to your buddies, and you're like, that fucking recruiter told me I was going to be an officer. I didn't tell you you were going to be an officer. I told you that this was, you know, like a path to success and that you could do this, right? And uh, so what I found, though, is that nine times out of ten, that that's what would happen. They'd be like, my recruiter lied to me, but the recruiter didn't actually lie. I, don't get me wrong, dude. There's fucking recruiters that lie, or there was. You know, I'm I'm sure that there still is. Um, but so once I came to that realization though, and it was pretty early on, um, I, I would, I would, what I just told you is what I would tell everybody that I recruited. I'd be like, listen, I told you everything that's available to you. I like, don't go to basic training in AIT and be like, oh, Sergeant Carpenter lied to me and said that I was going to be an officer. No, I told you what you could be. Right. And, uh, so he came back and, and, uh, I was talking to him and he was like, yeah, man, you know, when I was there, everybody was always talking about how shitty their recruiter was and, um, you know, how their recruiter lied to them and blah, blah, blah. And I like, I, I would tell everybody, like, I had a great recruiter and I'm like, thanks, man. Like that means a lot to me. Honestly, it does. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my, my two cents on that. But Dude, that was my first recruiter. Awesome. Like the dude was very upfront with everything told me everything to expect yeah. went to basic came home and uh, like he went back to regular active duty i got a new one and i was like hey man i'd really like to switch to active duty he's like nope fuck you i'm not doing that paperwork you you <laughs> made your decision live with it fuck you i won't do what you tell me oh, okay <laughs> i guess <laughs> fuck me right that's cool 
Um, I'm not going to say that all recruiters do this in the guard, man, but one of the things that like pissed me off, dude, was uh, we had some guard recruiters that worked in our area. And what they would do is like a kid would come up to him and be like, yeah, I want to join the army and like, you know, go active duty and go overseas or, you know, travel the world or whatever. And they'd be like, oh, that's cool, Johnny. But in order to do that, in order to go active duty, you have to join the National Guard first. And then they'd fucking put him in the National Guard, dude. I'm like, that is so dirty, bro. That is so dirty. And so, yeah, so then that kid would come back to us and they'd be like, hey, like, you you know, I joined the Guard so that I can, you know, come join the Army later. And we're like, what do you mean? And, you know, they'd, you know, they'd be like, this is what the Guard recruit told me. And uh, like, hey, sorry, dude, like you already enlisted. We'll see in a couple of years, maybe. At the time, it was pretty tough to get, uh, you know, the HRC business rules weren't allowing for for easy transfers from the guard or the reserves over to active duty. So um, it's a pretty tough conversation to have with some people. But, yeah, they were fucking they, they would they would say shit like that. Yeah, I don't know how far that paperwork to go from guard or reserve to active duty has to go signed off officer wise, commander wise. But I think it's like almost like ESC division level. Yeah. General has to sign. Yeah, it's like a two star, I think. Uh, depending on, you know, kind of what the world is looking like, um, you know, the the needs of the army. But yeah, I'm, at the time, at least it was a two star from your command had to sign off on it. So if somebody like we'd be like, all right, hey, here's the here's the form. Uh, go get this form filled out. And then once you do that, then then, you know, we'll we'll do the rest. Um and sometimes it'd be like six months. Sometimes it'd be never. It's pretty fucked up. <laughs> uh, there was. Yeah, uh, see the. Did you see the results of the best ranger competition at all? Uh. Battalion so, took I don't, top I don't, slots, I think. Or regiment. Yeah, ranger bet. Yeah, re- regiment took like top three or four. But uh, I want to say the years before that, like a national guard unit had been top one or two the last mm-hmm. couple of years, which I always thought was super rad. Yeah, some of those guys go pretty hard. Uh, I know I, I've told Adam this, but one of my favorite commandos, man, he um, he was in the guard. He was like in the, he was SF in the guard. And uh, he, he was like three, four, five years doing that. And uh, he was like, man, I was basically active duty like the whole time. Like I was never home. I couldn't work a civilian job because even though I was in the guard, like I was always on orders. And uh, so he was like, you know, I figured it was either shit or get off the pot. And uh, so I went active duty. Um, he's one of the coolest people I ever met. Even cooler than you two fucking slack jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That's not hard um, to do. But yeah, I mean, some, some of those guard guys really go ham. Um, I, you know, I, I went to a school where I was the only non-guard person at the school. And uh I met some super fucking cool people there. Like, I mean, their component is just like any other component. You know, people get caught up between the minutia of like active reserve guard and shit like that. But it's all the same. You know, you're going to have people who are fucking squared away. You're going to have units that are squared away and you're going to have others that are pieces of shit. But I think that the like the back to your point about the the ranger uh, competition, the best ranger competition the guard, I'm, I'm almost positive too, is taking a lot of like the uh, like small arms competitions too. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, I, I think even long range, they had a long range yeah. qual competition, snipers mm. and guard killed it. What I yeah. find kind of funny is how the Marines always brag about having the best snipers, 
And then every year the competition comes around and they get beat out by like Ranger Bat or like a few years ago they got beat by the Coast Guard. Two Coast Guard teams got like third and fourth place and the Marines were like way down in like 10th place. (laughs) Oh, that's too bad. You got beat by Coasties and you're still going to brag about this. I'm going to tell you guys. Go, 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 man. I had a guy that lived down the road from me and he was in the Coast Guard. I never met anybody that was in the Coast Guard before. And he was kind of like telling me about some of his time in the Coast Guard. He said, yeah, I actually went to sniper school. Like, what What the fuck for? <laughs> Why'd you go to sniper school? And he said, oh, no, it's like, you don't understand. I was shooting out of helicopters and I did really well. And then, like, that's why, like, those guys in the competition for the long range shit do really well because most of their training and practice is out of a helicopter. They're moving while they're finding whatever their target is. That would be pretty challenging. Good on them. I, uh, so, uh, another real quick story from recruiting. There was this kid, uh, this was not in Texas. Um, but I was at one of the high schools and this kid was like, yeah, you know, I got, I got four brothers and they're all in the army, but I'm going to join the Marine Corps, you know, cause the Marine Corps is better. Uh, you know, first in last out all that, you know, fucking Marine propaganda that they shoved down their throats. Uh, for the record, I want to say that I am not like bashing on the Marine Corps. My dad was a Marine. I've had some friends who were Marines, great people. So this isn't me bashing on the Marines. I just like to like, look at things objectively. Okay. And so I'm talking to this kid and I was like, hey, uh, when were they the first and last out? And, you know, he's like 17 or 18. So, of course, he doesn't know. So uh, I, I asked him, I was like, hey, I will give you $20 if you can name one major or one war or major conflict in history where the Marines were the first and the last out. I'll give you $20. And uh, so this kid called me like a few hours later and uh, he was like, hey, I found it. And I was like. Okay, which which war? And uh, he was like the Iraq War, and I was like, "Are you fucking serious, man? Like, who told you that? Like, did you just go home and Google that? And you were like, oh yeah, the Marines were the first in.' And uh, I, I, so like that shit, that kind of shit fucking cracks me up, man. Because like you know, the Marines always are like, uh, oh yeah, here we go again, you know, bringing up D Day because the largest amphibious assault in history, the history of the fucking planet, was conducted by the Army. So not only did the 101st jump in behind the enemy lines of D-Day, but most of the people coming in on the boats were fucking soldiers. Um, you know, and don't get me wrong, they were occupied in the Pacific and stuff, but um, it's just never happened, man. It's never happened. So that like whole like first in, last out thing, like is just is just absolute propaganda. There's it's nothing more than that. Well that and their whole job is amphibious assault. Like that's their specialty. And they've never done it. Uh, I mean, except in the Pacific. Well, but, yeah, but I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> we let nah, the when I, I was I, don't get, so again. Don't get me wrong. There are some fucking talented people in the Marine Corps. Like there are some solid dudes. Uh, yeah. Just the the propaganda that people spew about like why the Marines is better than the Army or the Navy or the Air Force. Like I just don't buy it. It there's no argument. When I was when I was going to all the recruiters trying to figure out which branch I wanted to join. I was I was pretty set on the army for a while, but like, but I, I wanted to talk to the Air Force and the Marine Corps. And I remember talking to the Marine Corps recruiter, and his entire spiel, like the first thing he did was like he pulled up this YouTube video of like Marine Corps versus the Army, 
and it was like mostly like their drill instructors like them just screaming at everything versus like army drill sergeants and i'm like all right weird flex like i kind of would have rather had the army one like they both seem pretty professional but these guys just rah, 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 scream on the marine side and i can't even understand what they're saying huh. uh, but, but okay okay and i think i know what you're conti- talking about <laughs> then he continues to go and it was just like this is why the marine corps is better example a example b example c and it wasn't like anybody else does a good job anybody else is a very professional organization it was that the Marine Corps is the greatest and everybody else fucking sucks. And I was totally turned away by that. And I was like, no, I know like a lot of people in multiple branches that are very professional, have great careers, done really cool things. No, 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 not, not a fucking chance. They're not in the Marine Corps. They're not devil dogs. Devil dogs do this. We're killers. And I'm like, Jesus, dude, like relax, slow your roll. Like you are turning me away from the Marine Corps by telling me that everybody else sucks. Huh? Yeah, they uh, they start young too, man. Like fifteen years old, but like, um, they're like, "Oh, you're fifteen. You want to uh, join the Marine Corps?" And they'll have like a swearing-in ceremony at the Marine Corps station, and uh, they'll what? hold them in their debt pool for years, man. That's how they make their bread and butter in recruiting, dude. Is they uh, they they have that like that they fucking slow cook it, dude, for sure. That's when I'm like watching. That, that makes sense. <laughs> that just made me think of like when I'm watching ESPN. It's like. 13-year-old middle school quarterback who verbally commits to USC. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, I I joined the Army in a similar way. Like, all my friends were like, yeah, we're joining the Marines. So, I went and talked to a Marine recruiter. And he was cool until I told him I had two plates in my arm because I broke my arm, like, a few years prior. And he straight up turned around and just walked away. That's weird. And, uh, the army recruiter. You weren't like, worth his time yeah. anymore. I'll I'll send you to basic this summer. You're in. What's up? I'll get you a waiver. Huh. Like, okay, I'll go talk to him then. But yeah. How are you gonna be a devil dog if you if you got metal plates in? What if you get hit by yeah. a bandit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Fuck you, and just turned around and literally walked away from me. Like, I okay, can't imagine man. that that's actually a disqualifier. Like, that's probably laziness. Like, he's like, man, I don't want to do the paperwork on that. Yeah. Recruiting down in Texas, man. They, have you guys ever heard of Cowboy Churches? Yeah, I have one down the road. They're literally fucking churches for cowboys. Like, they, like, dirt floors. Like, they, they're a rodeo. Like, you go to a fucking rodeo for church. Sermons are um, on horseback. I've seen it. Yeah. Um, so, working down in Texas, that was pretty common. And, uh, so I can't even tell you how many how many people I put in the army that like I had to go to like six different counties to get medical documents because they like rode rodeo and they had eight broken arms over their life. It's pretty ridiculous. Uh, but there's a lot of broken people, formerly broken. We don't put them in broken, but formerly broken people. Dude, I had one fucking what? kid. God, I wish I remembered his name. I'd love to fucking call that. Nah, never mind. Um, anyways, I had this one kid, man, and, uh, his dad was like vehemently against him joining the army. And, uh, I don't, they were like super hardcore libertarian or something like that, but like very like anti-military, like damn near, like he was like damn near like Vietnam era hippie fucking against the military. And, uh, he ended up joining. He was like, fuck my dad, I'm gonna join anyway. And, uh, when it came time to get to basic training, like he, when he got there, he was like, yeah, I have a heart problem. And my recruiter told me to lie about it. So they actually fucking investigated me for this. 
dude did not have any heart problems. He never had any heart problems. Um, it was a total fabrication, but like he wanted to get out. And while he was there, because he had done that, by the way, like they put basically this kid was like on comms lockdown. Like he didn't have a phone. He didn't have a way to communicate or anything like that. So his dad was fuck calling me and he was like, where the fuck is my son? I'm going to call my congressman, Joe and blah, 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 blah. Um, Joe was named my congressman. And, uh, yeah, yeah, man, this fucking kid tried to like get me in trouble. I, I had some crazy stories from recruiting, honestly, man, fucking dumbass kids. What percentage of like the U.S. population is even fit to serve? Yeah, see, that's a lot of people get twisted up about uh, like qualification and stuff like that. But it's it's like twenty six percent. At least when I was a recruiter, it was like twenty six percent. I mean, granted, you know, it's been years since I did that, but uh, it was like twenty six percent of the general population between uh, aptitude, uh, physical, you know. So that being like your pulleys. Um, the like physical upper lower um hearing eyesight and uh psychological um and then height weight shit like that like there was a yeah it was a very small percentage and then one of the other crazy things uh, that that people don't understand is what going back to the asvab you know the one through 99 the the scoring that aptitude test is is based off of the general population of the United States. So not just the, the people in the military, but the general population of the United States, because it's not just is primarily people who join the military that take the ASVAB, but like it's administered in schools and shit like that, too. And uh, so that's how they like have their just like any other aptitude test, like it's a sliding scale based off of how people are scoring. And uh, the average ASVAB score for a soldier is a 64, which would mean that on average, a soldier scores 14% better than the general population of the United States. So people are like, yeah, just dumb people join the military or join the army. Uh, but the the numbers actually say the opposite. The, sm- the, the smartest guy that I ever put in the army had a, had a bachelor's degree from OU. He got a 99 on the ASVAB. And uh, he had every fucking job conceivable available to him to pick. And he was like, I just want to go special forces. Like, I, I've done all this other shit in my life. And, like, I just want to do something crazy. And so um, put him in. And he was one of, like, two people that made it through the Q course. Have you guys seen? He's a he's a meme now that just made me think of um, Asian-American guy. Like, I'm sure I can look up his name. Uh, he actually belonged to like Jocko and like one of his SEAL platoons. Yeah, yeah, like, I know the guy went about. from. Yeah, he went from SEAL to doctor to astronaut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know the fucking yeah. astronaut part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like my, I don't huh. want my parents to know anything about that guy. <laughs> know how much of a failure I Damn. am. Damn, man, Jocko <laughs> just surrounds himself with greatness, doesn't he? Huh. Dude, for sure. I, I just see Jocko over here, man. Like, Are you a piece of shit. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, become un a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> do you guys ever get like jealous of people who went the military route and then became astronauts? You're like, fuck, man. Like, why didn't I do that with my career? <laughs> There's an astronaut badge you can wear on your uniform. Yeah. yeah. So that's a real deal. There's some ADA jobs um, that you get to go through, like the first phase of astronaut school. 
Do you guys think you could do like that G-force test where you see people's like face sucking back into their skull and they're hanging on and seeing how many G's they can take? No. Nope. Do you think you could do it? I'd like to try. I mean, I'd be down to try. But they almost look like I'm sure you've seen the pictures of like before and after like meth where like their face gets sunken in. Oh, yeah. It's like (laughs) it's almost like watching that (laughs) within seconds. Hmm. It is much like that. Um, Hey, guys, it's uh, getting to be about that time for me to say uh, fuck you, Adam. Fuck you, Adam. <laughs> Say fuck me. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good, good chat, gentlemen.